Thank you very much, Colin. Good morning, Bessels. Good morning. So, um, I was in Seven Oaks High Street. I hope. There we are. Just in case you forgot what it looks like. That's just to remind me what I was going to say. Um, I was in Seven Oaks High Street the other Saturday morning. There's always one, isn't there? I was in... I, I couldn't get a photo of the high street. This, I was near to this location. That's not politically correct. Uh, a few weeks ago. And um, you see, Sophia, Sophia and I had actually gone out to buy something. We hadn't ordered it on Amazon. Uh, we hadn't looked for it online. We actually physically went out into a real shop. It was wonderful. And there were real human beings around in the high street as well. It looked like there was life. And it was, it was just wonderful to be walking around and do a little bit of stuff we needed to do on a Saturday morning. But as I walked past one of the banks in the high street, there was a lady outside one of the banks with a drum. And she was banging her drum and singing confidently at the top of her voice, Shine, Jesus, Shine. And my heart slightly sank. I'm sure if you ask this lady what she was doing, she's, she's lovely, I don't want to disparage her in any way, or her character, just her actions and her choice of medium to proclaim the gospel. Because I'm sure if you asked her what she was doing, that's what she felt she was doing on Seven Oaks High Street was proclaiming the gospel. But quite frankly, my feeling was, you're making my job so much harder right now. Roland, we appear to have lost this thing somehow. Um, oh, there we are. Um, sometimes the best witness to the gospel is to let people know that you're a Christian and then be normal, or at least not be weird. Because let's face it, most people think Christians are weird anyway. We do not need to prove them right. <laughs> the word gospel is not unique to the Christian message. It's the word euangelion in Greek. And it means good news. And Caesar announced his good news. The euangelion of Caesar Augustus, otherwise termed as the divine Caesar, son of God, the saviour of the world. Caesar has brought Pax Romana, the peace of Rome, peace through victory to the world. And your job in response to this good news as loyal citizens, is to know your place, pay your taxes, and keep quiet. And if you do that, Caesar will ensure peace reigns across his Roman Empire. That was one version of good news. So if we want to look for a Christian understanding of good news and what good news means in a Christian context, this isn't a trick question. 
Where do you think we should start to look? Where's the place we should go to find out the good news of Jesus? It's a question, folks. Ah, I'm being waved a book. What's that book, sir? It's the Bible. Absolutely. If we want to find out, if we're evangelical Christians and we want to find out what the good news means, we go to the scriptures, to the Bible, to God's story. But is there anywhere in particular within the Bible you think we should go to find out what Jesus says good news is about? The Gospels. Are we agreed? We're going to look at the Gospels in the Bible to find out what Jesus says good news is all about. You see, sometimes it's helpful to think of the Bible like a target with concentric circles, with the Gospels and the story of Jesus being at the centre. And then in the outer ring, you've got how those stories were interpreted by Paul and the letters of the New Testament. And then in the further ring, you've got the context that they were in, the Old Testament scriptures, then the creation narratives. And it's this target that moves out. But at the centre of our target is the person of Jesus Christ and the stories about him in the Gospel. And we interpret all other passages through the light of Christ. And this word euangelion appears 53 times in the New Testament, 24 times in the Synoptic Gospels. I'm going to read a few out to you because I think it's worth looking at this together. And I'd like you to think about what it is you spot. In Matthew 4, Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. Matthew chapter 10, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Matthew, uh, sorry, that was Matthew 9. Matthew 10, proclaiming the good news, the kingdom of heaven has come near. Matthew 11, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the good news brought to them. That's another theme entering this conversation about good news. Matthew 24, this is the good news of the kingdom. Mark 1, proclaiming the good news of God and saying that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. And a number from Luke, Luke 4, good news of the kingdom of God. Luke 7, the poor, there's that theme again, have the good news brought to them. Luke 8, the good news of the kingdom of God. Luke 9, the good news and curing diseases everywhere. So here's this idea of healing beginning to appear. The good news of the kingdom of God. Friends, I could go on, but you get my point. What is the good news about? Kingdom. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. The good news of the kingdom. The gospel of Jesus Christ, according to Christ himself, is the good news of the kingdom of God. I'm sorry if this feels like Christianity 101, but it really is. And if you've been in this church any time, while Andy or I have been preaching, or Neil the minister before us, or if you take a look at our logo and think about what that tree and the birds nesting in its branches represent, you will hear this message of the kingdom at the heart 
of all we try to preach. That is not accidental. It was Jesus' main topic. The thing he preached most about was the kingdom of God. The second thing was money. But the first one was the kingdom of God. And as you will have heard us say a number of times, the kingdom of God is not about just escaping to heaven when we die. Some kind of disembodied spirit floating off somewhere to another existence at the end of this life. The kingdom of God is about God's will being done on earth now as it is in heaven. It is the heart of the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That where we are in relationship with the king, where the king reigns, his will is done. And where we believe these values are expressed. I would call these kingdom values. To some extent, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like, where people love generously, where justice reigns, where forgiveness, where people are included selflessly and humility is practiced. That is where God's will is done and this kingdom reigns. Your kingdom come, your will is done on earth as in heaven. But let's look at one of these passages. Let's look at what Jesus says himself that the kingdom of heaven is. Uh, the good news is. And, um, and this is Jesus' opening gambit. This is Jesus announcing himself on the world, to the world as a preacher. This is his first gig at the synagogue. And he's up, and he's in front of the synagogue, and they hand him the scroll, and he begins to read. And many people have referred to this as the Jesus Manifesto. This is Jesus setting out his stall for his ministry over the next three years. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim euangelion, the gospel, good news, to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Recovery of sight for the blind, a healing, and to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. That phrase, the year of the Lord's favour, is also known as the year of jubilee. Now, if you remember back when we were talking about God's story and setting it in the context of this Old Testament narrative, this idea of the year of Jubilee is an Old Testament idea from Leviticus 25. The year of the Lord's favour, the year of Jubilee. And it was this. In the Old Testament, you had, you had your land... And and you lived on your land. But if you found yourself struggling, getting into debt, getting into difficulty, one of the things you could do to rescue you and your family was to sell your land to a neighbour. So you would sell what you had, your land to a neighbour. If you still had trouble, you could then enter your neighbour's service as a servant. And you and your family would work for your neighbour. That was the way the society worked. But built into the Jewish economy was a giant reset button every 50 years. 
And it was called the Year of Jubilee. And it was this idea that every 50 years, land was returned to its original owners. And anyone who was in servant, had been put into servitude of a neighbour would be set free. It was a giant economic reset button. That if you found yourself oppressed and having forced into slavery, you got a fresh chance. And if you'd amassed enormous wealth at the expense of your neighbours, you had it was 100% taxation. You had to reset society. That is what Jesus is talking about. He's come to proclaim. You remember we used the phrase the jubilee of jubilees. Jesus has come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Incidentally, do you remember this? The clue's in the title. It was called the Jubilee Debt Campaign. And although many people wouldn't have known it or understood it, it was based on a a biblical idea from Leviticus, an obscure book of rules for priests in the Old Testament. No wonder the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. He then goes on to give a couple of examples of what this might look like. And I must admit, I missed this for many years when I read this passage. But it is an essential part of understanding what Jesus is talking about. You notice he mentions Two people in spe- specifically as he is unpacking what this good news to the poor looks like. The widow at Zarephath in Sidon and Naaman the Syrian. What is unique about these two people? They were the outsiders. They were those who were not permitted into God's temple. They were the Gentiles the excluded, the unclean. And the two examples that Jesus uses to illustrate his gospel, his good news, are people on the outside that this society has not welcomed in. Well, when they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. Now you understand why they were filled with rage. Because this was an outrageous thing to do in the synagogue to this community who believed that they were the unclean. They shouldn't be allowed in because if we let them in, they will pollute us. Well, they got up and they drove him out of the town. They led him to the brow of a hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff but he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Bit of a John Wayne moment, I guess. I'd love to have seen that. They are livid at what he has said the gospel is about. Friends, I want to suggest to you a couple of things this morning. I want to suggest to you that an atonement-only version of the gospel is not the gospel. It is an impoverished version of the gospel. 
It is part of the story we need to tell, but it is not the, the whole story. The, as you've seen, if we're going to act biblically, if we're going to take Jesus as our guide, then he says the gospel is about something other than that. And if we limit it just to Jesus' death, we're forgetting the three years of his life and all that he taught and all that he said. Why bother with that? If that was unimportant, why didn't Jesus turn up and go straight to the cross? I think if you look at the New Testament, if you look at the Gospels in particular, and if you look at what Jesus says the good news is about, it is very clearly the good news of the kingdom. Of this place where God's will is done. Where the king reigns. Where people live by his standards in amongst the world. Contrary to the world's standards. Where we love, we include. We act with justice. And where we love people generously. My friends, it is inescapable in Jesus' version of the gospel that it has a priority for the poor. Now that might mean poor in all sorts of ways. I fully accept that. But if it does not include the economically poor, it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It has to be good news to those who are struggling. Thirdly, the gospel of Jesus includes this idea of healing and restoration. And I put those words together because really they're the same thing. Because in that society, if you suffered with leprosy, you were outside of the community. You were cast out. You had to live outside the city. You wore a bell so people knew that you were coming so they could avoid you. If you heal that individual, they are restored back into community and welcomed back into society. So the good news is about healing and restoration. And I think central to the gospel and not optional to it, if you look at Jesus' two illustrations from Luke 4 about the people that he chooses to use as examples, that it is a place where all are welcome. All are welcome here. The outsiders, the excluded, the marginalised, the ones we fear might pollute us if they come in. The ones who are different, those who are excluded. They are welcome into the community of God. Where they are loved as children of God. My friends, that, I 100% believe, is if you read the New Testament and Jesus' explanation of what the gospel is about, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel we are called to proclaim. That is the gospel we are called to live. The good news of the kingdom, which is good news to the poor, which brings healing and restoration to community and to society, where all are welcome. And it excites me. It did as a teenager when I heard Tony Campolo give a version of this talk when I was 14. And I thought, that's a gospel I can give my life to. 
This week is Mental Health Awareness Week. So I want to finish with this question for you. Because I think it's important we think about it as a church because it's going to impact a decision we'll make later in our AGM. If that is the gospel, then what is the gospel to people with poor mental health? People who are struggling with their mental health at the moment. We find it difficult to get out of bed in the morning. find it difficult to engage with people. find the decision-making process muddled. What might this definition of the gospel... Sorry, I'm struggling with this microphone. It's obviously dying here somewhere. Um, let me... No, I'm nearly done. So I'm going to battle on through. I'm just going to hold it. A place where people are welcomed, not stigmatised. Where we welcome them patiently as they are. Broken or whole. Tearful or joyful. Where we come and say, sit amongst us, be with us. You're welcome here. Where we work towards their healing and restoration. Which might mean just sitting with them. And going back again and again and again. Because when you're in that dark place, sometimes people can't help you out of it. You just need people to accompany you through the journey and sit with you. So that you might eventually be cared and loved out into the light again. Friends, I think that is legitimately the good news, the gospel. And that's what I think it might look like if we were to proclaim the gospel to people with poor mental health. Should we pray together? Lord God, we thank you for this good news. We thank you for this vision of the kingdom. This place where those that are marginalised are included and made welcome. Where those who are economically struggling are cared for and provided for. For those who are ill in mind, body or spirit find healing and restoration into community. Lord, that this gospel is where your kingdom of heaven exists on earth where its characteristics where what the king wants done is lived out a counter-cultural vision of society that we are called to embody and to inhabit and to proclaim Lord excite us with that vision inspire us with that vision Encourage us in our task to realise that vision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.